Alright, what's going on everybody? And welcome to another episode of Blind Refs Podcast. My name is Tony and I'm here in the bottom corner of your screen. It's as big as I can get it, you're going to have to deal with it. Um, I'm here with Brian, who's the big screen. He hasn't been on camera on YouTube. (laughs) But, uh, breaking news. Surprise episode. This is season four, episode nine, and it's breaking news episode. Um, a lot going on today. Like, do you want to recap? Do you want to talk about how yesterday ended, today started, and within like five hours, like it, it like everything kept changing. Like every hour, it seemed like everything kept changing. Yeah, I think uh, you know. Yesterday, Oregon notified the Big 12 that they they weren't going Oregon and Washington, but specifically Oregon uh, said that they were going to go to the to the Big 12, um, and they were pretty confident that they were going to end up in the the Big 10. And then late last night, well, last night for everybody else except for the West Coast people because it was probably middle of the afternoon up yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, last night, you know, things started kind of changing a little bit, uh, but really, I think it was just. You know, the rest of the Pac-12 kind of kind of trying to convince Oregon and Washington that we can make it work um, and, you know, laying out some of the some of the alternatives to make it work. Right. So there was rumors that Oregon State and Washington State were going to give up part of their media rights to Oregon and Washington and kind of sweet, sweet the pot for them. Um, and then also they wanted to leverage, probably leverage a little bit uh, to try and get more out of the Big Ten. Right. To make to make sure that they were making the, the best decision. Um, I firmly believe, and from what I've, what I've read is, I don't think Oregon and Washington ever intended on signing that media rights deal this morning. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe they wanted people like us and other people in social media to believe that they had the intent on doing that. Um, and I think, uh, I think they did a good job of making everybody believe that they went in there with the idea that, it was going to be done, um, but I think I don't think there was ever ever a realistic shot at them actually signing that. I think it was. You're talking about yeah, just stay in the Pac-12. Yeah, not a shot. Yeah, correct. Yep. So let me throw this at to you, and I'll give my like feedback on how like, and then you can kind of say your thing. That was how, kind of how things went. So what do you think? You know, because we we talked about this just you and I about what kind of money they're getting, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if it's confirmed. I haven't seen it. But what I heard is that they're only getting $30 million a year, and it goes up by a million dollars every single year that they're in the conference. So I don't know if that's true or not. But from my understanding, though, that's just their part of the media rights deal. That's not what we talked about briefly about the potential for Apple picking them up. So I wonder if that's going to play a part because it's only $30 million. So to me, either that $30 million is still more than what the Pac-12 was potentially going to get, even with losing half. Because if you think about it, if it was only $25 million and they were willing to give away half of it, which is crazy, like Oregon State – Props to you. Who was it? Oregon State, Washington State? Yeah. 
props to them for being like saying, yeah, we'll do it. But that's some crazy talk, especially when you're only getting 25 million. But like, so, so do you, have you seen any more about the, how much money they're getting? Yeah. So I've seen mixed, um, Oregon's, uh, Oregon president came out and basically said that it's going to be averaging about $50 million a year throughout the contract's life. So obviously it's probably going to start with less and increase over time. Um, so I, I did, I did read a little bit about that and, and I, I don't know where, uh, what about what you said with the 30 million increase. In I couldn't find it now if you wanted me to. Um, but I, I think there's other players in part. Uh, but yeah, he he tw- he tweeted out that it'll be around fifty million dollars per year in the lifetime of it. Yeah, so there there's got to be some Apple TV money there, or somebody somebody else. Yeah, that wasn't a part because like everybody keeps saying, well, why'd they go for thirty million or whatever it is? And but I I think that's just their portion of the media rights. That's what like they were willing to take, and all the schools were willing to give up from their media rights deal to give to Oregon and Washington to get them. But here's my thoughts, and I I keep throwing out these crazy um, ideas, right? Um, What if the reason why it's only 30 million is if they want to add two more teams, they might have to give them 30 million as well. And so they don't want to make it 40 or 50 million because if they did that and took that from the other schools to add two more schools, you might have to take another 40 or 50 million. You know what I mean? It just starts adding up. Again, $100 million between 16 teams isn't a ton of money, but like, or right. four, you know, 14, whatever, because well, USC, I, I think UCLA. I think you're seeing that even like right now in the Big 12, right? So they took Colorado at. Basically, they said you can come back. You can come into this media rights, and we're going to pay you the thirty million dollars. Um, and same with Arizona. But now you're looking at Arizona State and Utah, and even they're looking at Oregon State and Washington State potentially adding them to. Um, like they're saying that potentially might only be half share. You know? Yeah. Uh, because, like, you just can't keep throwing money at, at you know, like the money. Like you have to still figure out how to pay for that, right? And you can see that, like whether it's ESPNs and some of their financial struggles right now as well, you know, with all the layoffs and and what they're having to do and stuff Uh, like money doesn't grow in trees. Right. So they still got to figure out a way to, to, to make that money, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think finding another media partner like Apple or Amazon that want to get into the, to that part of the business uh, I think is going to be the key. So, they, they know more than we do, and I'm sure there's a bunch of what-ifs, but I think at the end of the day, uh, between that 30 and 50 is probably where they're going to start and finish. At yeah, the end of the year. and again, but I... At the end of the lifetime, anyway. It's only, a, well, six, seven-year contract, right? In yeah. six, seven years, we're going to be talking about this, whether it's on YouTube or Facebook or wherever, or in our homes, in our living rooms. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about it again, but it's not going to be, you know, somebody else leaving the Big Ten. It's going to be who else is the Big Ten adding again, and how big those contracts are going to be. Um, you know, I just like I can really see um, more things happening, especially in uh, the ACC, but. I don't know those ACC. That ACC contract is kind of crazy. That yeah. 
Like, yeah, but if we just want to like keep sticking with the the Oregon Washington, yeah, 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 that's the only thing that's like that we know for sure. Like, um, as an Oregon fan, uh, I'm I'm excited. Just like I don't care if Oregon plays in the Pac-12, the Big 12, or the Big 10, but at the end of the day, it just helps provide stability for the conference, which is, or for them, not for the conference, but for Oregon, uh, I, which I like, you know, because uh, I feel like as long as Phil Knight's alive, they're going to have stability, but, you know, that's only going to last for so long, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of nice to know that, you know, he in a way, he probably helped get Oregon into a position to help them maintain even, even well into the future, and I think that's that's the good thing um, about them getting into the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, uh, like it's crazy. Like as as a Nebraska fan, and I know it, it seems crazy because you see all these people like non-Nebraska fans saying, "Why would Nebraska be excited about playing it?" And like honestly, it does scare me a little because our conference, our, like the West, just got really hard. Like, like. 2024 schedule, like, however they do it, and we can talk about that at a later time on the podcast on Monday or whatever with how they're going to do schedules and stuff like that. But, like, the schedule just got a lot harder, but it gave more relevancy to the West. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, the the Big Ten West is a joke. Like, let, let's be honest. Like, they legitimate. what was it when, who, who got in? Was it Wisconsin that got into the Big Ten title game with, only seven wins. They were seven and five. Yeah. Like what a joke. Like, well, um, me and Nate, me and Nate were talking because we were talking about um, Minnesota and we we're talking about PJ Fleck and you know we we're talking about how neither one of us and I don't want to quote Nate or anything, but neither one of us I believe are big fans of PJ Fleck, right? I don't like but, PJ, but Fleck. they but they win eight to nine games every single year. Yeah. And a lot of that, like we were talking about, is a lot of that is because they play a majority of the games in the Big Ten West, and it's so weak. So oh, you're yeah. guaranteed like four or five wins every year, and then you, you have two or three bad non-conference games, you're going to win seven or eight every year. So is Minnesota really an eight- or nine-win team in any other conference? Probably not, to be honest with you, right? Right. Uh, but because of how how bad the Big Ten West, at least recently, has been. You oh, know? yeah. Uh, Especially recently, like yeah, Nebraska getting systematically worse every year did not help things either, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Iowa hasn't all of a sudden just looked great either, right? I would say Iowa's even like yeah, sure they're still winning eight nine games, but like but again, could they, be the same Minnesota effect, right? Yeah, like once Iowa plays anybody good, they yeah. lose. Wisconsin, same thing. Over the last five years, Wisconsin's your dog heard my doorbell, didn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> my bad. I'll turn that off. Um, but it, it's like, you know, every, all those teams are getting, yeah, they're, like, like you said, they're still winning eight, nine games. You can't do that anymore. Like we yeah. legit just added four potential, well, at least three playoff potential can contenders, right? Mm-hmm. Potential. Mm-hmm. And then one top 25 team, which yeah. we don't have it all in the West. So like you yeah. just added that in the West that didn't exist, which is good too. Because now when you play the Big Ten Championship game, you have legitimate playoff and national championship contenders playing each other in the playoff or yeah. in the in the title game. So and I, I do think there is there's some some reason to be optimistic if you're a current Big Ten West 
team and in 2024 you get USC, Oregon, UCLA, and Washington is that literally all of them except for UCLA potentially are going to be starting a brand new quarterback when they start a new conference. So, That's I mean, <laughs> assuming Caleb Williams is going to leave, Penix is going to leave, Bo, Bo Nix is going to leave, right? Yeah. So that is one good thing. The bad thing is most of us have like a four or five star. Yeah, yeah they them. all got four or five stars where but, none of us have four or five stars. But, but, I mean, if you're looking at like silver linings, that, that's definitely something that's that's good for them. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think, I, and I've said this before, I think, I think I've said this a long time or a lot, especially when Oregon went and played Ohio State. Um, but it is going to be very tough for teams like Oregon, UCLA, USC to play a lot of those Big Ten games traveling east. Oh, like, yeah. I think it's very hard to travel east. Oh, and 100%. When you're, when you're traveling east to Maryland, that, or not necessarily the Rutgers because they're not as good, but a Maryland or a Penn State, when you're traveling that far east and you lose that much time between travel time and time change right. versus them traveling to you, they get that time back. Like their travel is basically free. Uh, that 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 makes a difference. It, it it does make a difference. I don't care what anybody says, but a half a day makes a difference. Yeah, 100%. So because so, you're looking at if Penn State flies to Oregon, they probably get there the same time they left, right? Versus or close, right? Maybe yeah. they lose power. Oregon leaves. Oregon at seven o'clock. They have a what? A three and a half three hour, hour time drive. change plus a three hour flight. So yeah. they literally lose a half a day. Yeah, it, so that's that, that always makes it tough. And because at the end of the day, they are student athletes, so you can't just leave whenever you want and leave a day early. Yeah. So I do think that's something that works against the West Coast teams and makes it tough. And I know Isaac talked about. Um, you know, the Pac-12 teams playing in front of full full stadiums and stuff. But I just would like to remind them, the last time they played against Ohio State and Michigan, they beat both of them at, okay. at their house. Hey, listen, you son of a bitch. You got you to gotta remember. I don't really care. You don't got to remember <laughs> anything. But listen, yeah. it's going to be – no, but I honestly, I, I don't know if Oregon, USC, UCLA, like at least – at least in Nebraska, when you guys play us as official members of the Big Ten now, like it's going to be the craziest welcome party you've probably ever seen. Like, And I don't know how Oregon fans travel. I've, there was actually, last time they played in Nebraska, there was actually quite a few people in the stands. Like, I was semi-impressed. Yeah. Um, also, remember, their, their enrollment is only 19,000 students. Yeah, it's not much bigger. But it's it, about the same size yeah. as Nebraska. Nebraska's not that big. Yeah, and they're, they're what? I think they're, <clears throat> their population, I think it's a little bit smaller than Lincoln or right in, in Eugene, you know, because obviously they split a lot of their fan base with Oregon State, you know. Obviously yeah. they're the dominant one, but, you know, you lose a lot of fan base to, to those to those teams, so. Wow. <sighs> They don't fill stadiums. I mean, you saw them in a national championship game. Like they they won't they won't they won't fill like when Nebraska travels and things like that, right? Because yeah. they have other other teams that their 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 state follows, you know. So it makes it yeah. it does make it a little bit tougher. Yeah, but, unfortunately for USC, who doesn't sell out their stadium ever. Now, granted, you know they can sit quite see quite a few people. The amount of Nebraska fans that are going to be there for the first time, like as a member of the Big Ten, it's going to be wild. But no, like it, it will be. It's kind of cool to think about, like as official. Because last time we played, it was just an exhibition game, right? It's just yeah. 
a non-con game being conference in like that first year it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty cool thing like it really will be and just to put this out there like i'm like i said i'm i i would have as a fan i would have preferred them to go to the big 12 because travel wise i could have made it to a lot more games like easier right oh yeah 100 Uh, but from a stability from a fan and my school having more stability i'm excited that they landed in the big 10 however if you said what's college football going to look like in 2025 versus what it's going to look like in 2007, like what it looked like back then with the BCS, I would give a lot of money to go back to 2007. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so because sure. I, I enjoyed that traditional conferences split up, you know. <clears throat> now, I, I would have killed to keep the BCS and then just take the top four teams into the playoff. To me, that would have just made sense. But, uh, yeah. but like just the conferences and stuff, like, I, that part I'm going to miss, like I wish, you know, because it brings me back to the days when we're, you know, hanging out in high school, watching, watching games and stuff like that. So right. would I, go back to, I would prefer that, but as a fan, I'm happy for the stability that it's going to give them. Yeah. And to be fair, you will be able to go to a lot of games. Think about it. Like they're going to, they're going to potentially play a game in Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota is even only like a six hour drive. Right. Um, you know, Wisconsin's a little bit further, but potentially in Chicago, like these are all much closer places for you to travel than all those West Coast games. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Even like, Texas, we always, we always make it up to Oregon and stuff for for a game or two too. But um, it would have just been like three or four easy games every year in the Big Twelve. So, oh but. well, yeah, we know why you wanted to go to the Big Twelve. Like, let's be honest. Like, I can't wait to talk about this on Monday and. You mentioned, you know, yeah, I would have liked to go to the Big 12. Be like, yeah, so you could beat Nate's team every year. No, no, that's not. That's that's not it. it. Because we'll still see that. We'll still see that in 2028. I think me and Nate are going to go to those. But uh, we've been waiting for that for about 14 years. I think it feels like. But uh, no, I mean it. Yeah, the Big 12 definitely would have been easier. But but I'm I'm excited from a lot of different aspects. Like. Like I feel, I'm just speaking from an Oregon perspective, but they're going to be able to come in and compete right away in football. They're going to be able to come in and compete right away in basketball. I mean, they haven't had a sub-20 win season in basketball since 2009. Yeah, right? for sure. They're going to come in and compete in baseball. Yeah. You know, um, and be very competitive in baseball, um, softball, volleyball. I mean, they made, they made it to, I think, the Elite Eight in volleyball last year. Like, they're going to come in, and, and they have already played – some of those Big Ten teams and non-con games anyway. That's one thing I don't think a lot of, like, non-Oregon and non-Pac-12 people, like, Oregon's, like, sports in general, they're really good. But, like, women's sports, they're very good. Yeah. Which yeah. which is pretty, which is good <laughs> to see, especially even, like, volleyball. Because, for instance, Nebraska and I, they, there's a lot of good volleyball teams in the uh, Big, Ten. Big Ten. So, like, yeah. to add more highly competitive, like, there's, like, a really high percentage of, always having a big 10 team like in the final four now like even more so yeah so i i'm i'm excited i'm excited like that they're going to be able to come in and and really be competitive right away um but um i mean i'm so excited for from a recruiting aspect because you know a lot of schools use it we're definitely using that against against oregon like with the with the future and stuff and i'm sure usc is not excited to have Oregon in the Big Ten, um, but 
But but here's why I don't get that argument. Like, I get that they're trying to get away from them because they wanted to be the dominant school in the West in their conference, right? But no matter what, Oregon was going to land somewhere and they were going to remain very good. So it doesn't matter that whether or not Oregon joined the Big Ten or not, right? Sure, now you're competing them intra-conference, right? You're competing them competing with them as part of your conference but you were still going to compete with them they oregon wasn't just going to disappear and fall off the map yeah because of um because they weren't you know in the big 10 potentially like they were still going to be good they were still going to um you know compete at a high level so i don't know i to me that that whole thing is asinine yeah and i i i mean uh yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It'll. It'll be fun. I think. <clears throat> I think that's gonna add a little bit of, a little bit of an extra rivalry there. I think. I'm really happy. Really saddened to lose the Oregon State thing, and I know Oregon came out with a statement that said that they're gonna try to do everything they can to prioritize the Oregon State, um, you know, rivalry. But at least we brought Washington with us. Yeah. Or Washington, you know, together. I didn't. I don't think we. I mean, I. I do think Oregon was the key to getting everybody moved over, but. Um, but I, I do think there's going to be a little bit of... Let's be clear. Phil Knight was the key to making yeah, sure right. everybody got moved over. <laughs> well, I mean, Phil Knight is the University of Oregon, but... Yeah. <clears throat> I think... Uh, I think... Uh, I do think it added a little bit of extra rivalry to the USC-Oregon thing. Yeah. Um, with them not wanting them. I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see, like, who else Oregon deems as a, as a rival down the road. That would That'll be fun. I'm sure it's going to take time to build that, you know. Yeah. But uh, um, <clears throat> should be should be fun, man. I think um, I need to mute Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that noise is. It's it's notifications on our posts. Um, uh, what posts? Um, the Blind Rep podcasts, University of Washington, Oregon, going to Big Ten. Um. I do think like rivalries will be interesting because I could see Oregon having a rivalry with a team like Wisconsin, um, Ohio State, but it, it's that one looks like a friendly rivalry potentially. Now, what that means when you play Ohio State, I don't know. Um, and then, um, but let's talk about. Like, uh, like it was what last week or whatever. I was sending you guys all those <laughs> the ducks. How spot on was he, dude? You, but that just makes you think that this was in progress, just like, <coughs> like, like you said a while back. And I will, I will support you and get behind you if you say I've been saying this forever. Whatever anybody else wants to say, but just like you said, they were waiting for Colorado to leave. And once that happened, things were gonna move fast, and legit it did. Like, I I, I do agree. I I didn't think that the. So I think what what we have happening was the inevitable, and I think everybody can prop everybody will and probably can tell you, it was gonna happen, right? Yeah. But I I was surprised with when did Colorado leave last week? Uh, they announced it on what Friday? No, Thursday. Thursday, and, and literally eight days later, Oregon and Washington and Arizona are all gone. Like that's that's pretty fast. You yeah, know? yeah, it so, is. <clears throat> but 
Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty much like just like the quick instant reactions. Like, I mean, we could go on and on about other stuff, but um, I think it's, I think it, it's exciting if you're not, uh, if you're an Oregon and Washington fan, you should be excited for stability and, and to be so, part of the well, Big Ten Conference. If you're excited to be, if you're a Big Ten fan, you should be excited that you just added even more strength and, and even more money in yeah. seven years when they redo it. I think the problem you're going to have coming in, now, again, Nebraska's different than most places when you play there. And I'm not just talking about playing there, like fan experiences, but I think, and we can go into this on Monday, you know, we we just wanted to get on today to discuss it and get our thoughts out there and, um, you know, do that kind of thing. Um, and so we can discuss this more on Monday and whatnot too. But I think the problem is what I'm seeing on Twitter is just kind of like what you were saying. I wish we could go back to 2007 and have those conferences, those basic rivalries, that kind of stuff, right? That's, you know, but I think that's some nostalgia, right? But you see that a lot with Big Ten fans. I just miss the basic Big Ten. I wish we could go back 20 years when it was these teams and these teams playing and stuff. It's like, yeah, I miss the good old days of the Big Ten. I'm not really old enough, like, to really remember the Big Eight. Like, no. But, like, I get it. Like, nostalgia is great. That's why nostalgia is a thing. Like, we all like to think about stuff that used to, you know, mean a lot to us and, you know, has some kind of, you know, gives us some kind of feeling, right? cool but like if something was going to happen and if we didn't take oregon and washington somebody else was going to and we added the best in the west right legit the best in the west so we have the best in the east the best in the midwest and the best in the west we just don't have the best in the south yeah and i think i think I think if ESPN would have thought about it moving that fast or thought that they're going to end up anywhere but the Big Ten, uh, I think they would have acted faster. I think ESPN is very upset that they just lost the West. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, so they're going to they're gonna scramble. Um, or, you know, who might benefit a lot is, is the Mountain West. Like, if the Mountain West picks up, you know, like a Cal or Stanford and all those teams – you may see them just try to grab that that area just to just to have the, those games and um, yeah. like I do think I do think you know because like after the SEC gets done playing at you know even if they have the the late game you know and they get done at eight like your your fans are done where everybody else gets to watch until one o'clock in the morning you know like not saying that everybody wants to watch football from from you know. Eight o'clock to I do. one o'clock, but <laughs> I 100% yeah. do. But it's great when you fall asleep, take a nap, and wake up, and college football is still on. It, like it, and it's relevant to you, right? Yeah. Even more so being, you know, a Big Ten West fan, right? Like our games are gonna go even more so as a Big Ten West, just Big Ten West, because I'm assuming they're gonna divide it up. The whole thing was they weren't gonna have any conferences in 2024 or divisions. They're gonna have to have them, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to like watch games like Nebraska plays a lot of 11 o'clock games, um, you know, watching an 11 o'clock game and then, you know what, like you said, I'll take a nap. Oh, now I'm going to watch the Iowa Oregon game at, you know, nine thirty. 
yep. you know it, it's it's cool it's it's good to see you know and being able to also and and I don't think Oregon and like Ohio State fan base the Michigan fan base the Nebraska fan base this what's good for all those fan bases too is there's a lot of transplants on the west coast of our fan bases so to be able to go there and go to those games too without having to travel all the way back to Nebraska to catch a game anymore to travel all those places so you know, you're still going to get Nebraska. And I'm not trying to say that to say, oh, we're going to sell out your stadiums, that kind of thing. But as a fan, that should also appease to you because it gives you more opportunities to. Um, yeah. Well, the only one that doesn't sell out their stadium is pretty much UCLA and USC. Well, we know that. Oregon and Washington, for the most part, because their stadiums are so small, they sell out. And honestly, like, I want to go back. Like, I wish I would have went to, with you when Oregon played Washington because I didn't get to go. Obviously, I I think I was a broke college kid when Nebraska played Washington at Washington that year. Like, I want to go there. That that one that is one of my stadiums that not a lot of people put on their bucket list, but on my bucket list. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good experience. Me and DJ went. And yeah, Oregon won that game too. But, um, yeah, I mean, and. And th- this is definitely going to sound homerish, but I mean, you and Nick can talk about it. But <clears throat> fifty-five thousand or sixty thousand that Oregon has, it sounds like a hundred thousand. Oh, so, I, I was telling. So I, I talked to Dad. I said we're going to Oregon the first time Nebraska plays at Oregon, like as a conference foe. I know that they just played there what like two years ago. Yeah, two no. years ago, three years ago, two years ago. No, it was dude. You ha- we had Willie Taggart three. That's it was three, not four three years coaches ago. ago. Was it four years ago? Was it that early in Scott it Frost? Was, it was before COVID. Scott Frost didn't coach. Oh my God, that is a long time ago. It doesn't feel that long ago. Uh-huh. It really doesn't feel that long because ago. Because that was the year after Mark Helfrich got fired. That was Willie Taggart's That's right. That's right. Okay. Anyways, going back to that. So I know I, I didn't get to go to that game either. But anyways... Oh, hold on. We got a comment. Let me make this big. Why is this on so YouTube? small? Yeah. That's weird. Oh. Uh, Nebraska will win the 2023 and 2024 Big Ten Championship. Uh, yeah, that's right. You're right, Anthony. It was four years ago. Uh, Tommy Armstrong was the quarterback. For so what? That was like five years ago. What? For what? For the Oregon-Nebraska game. Well, that was the home game. He wasn't the quarterback when they played in Oregon. Yeah, we'll look it up. Um, um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, Outson Stadium. Like I was telling Dad, like incredibly gorgeous scenery. Now, granted, I have kind of a skewed view on the stadium in general because we went to that um, top ten matchup when they played Stanford at home. We had standing room only tickets. But even then, like the standing room only tickets were amazing because we got to stand on the 50 yard line and it wasn't that far back. It wasn't like being at Nebraska and being in row 99 in the south end zone. Or, right. Yeah, south end zone. Like it wasn't that bad. Um, it was great. It was loud. It might be one of the loudest stadiums I've ever been in. Yeah. It's, it's like definitely... I know the K- Kansas City Chiefs, but I'm talking college stadium. Wow. Yeah, um, it was incredible. 
Um, so like, I'm excited to be able to do that. I'm excited as a Nebraska fan, um, because it's, again, I get excited over something different, right? As a fan, I like the chaos too. That's why like in 2020, when we're like, Oh, Nebraska is going to switch conferences and go play this and that. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. I don't care. Right. And I, I get leaving the big 10 would have been a big mistake for Nebraska in 2020. If we wanted to do that huge mistake, but it was, it was entertaining. It was chaos. Um, so from the realignment standpoint, I like the chaos. Um, am I scared that we're potentially going to lose a lot of games until we get good? Yes, I am terrified. Um, but at the same time, I'm excited by it too, because it's not just us playing Northwestern and Illinois and Purdue and, you know, then we get a Rutgers, you know, like we're going to be playing really good teams. Um, and on like the highest levels. Right. Um, and I think that once the dust settles and the games start playing and you see how excited everybody from Oregon and Washington and the players are, um, not just from a football perspective, but everybody to play in the big 10, like they're going to be hugely embraced. Right. Um, and, and I can't wait to see the rivalries. Cause I think, I think Washington and Nebraska will have a rivalry just because of the times we've played against each other. Um, and I can see, like I said, we already talked, I thought Oregon and Wisconsin, potentially Ohio State, USC, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. Honestly, I'm less excited by the USC-UCLA than I am the Oregon-Washington. Um, one, because it's going to be an interesting week in our family, the week we play. Or even more so after the game, depending on who wins. Yeah. But, um, and then our podcast basically became a Big Ten podcast. No, we saw the SEC and Big 12 tie. Yeah, I know, I know, but we were pretty spread out other than just Isaac and I. Yeah. Actually, we were half Big 12, half Big 10 almost with you the as hardest, a Pac 12. The hardest part is for me not to become a Big 10 homer like you and Isaac are. You that's need even... to be. Embrace it. <laughs> That's Embrace the biggest, it. That's the biggest challenge. What do you mean? It's the best conference in the country now, hands down. We have yeah. more top 25 it, teams this year than any top, other conference. Only talking football it is. Yeah. In volleyball. Volleyball. Uh, yeah. The SEC will be pretty good in volleyball. Think about the teams we have in volleyball. I, I, I don't disagree with that. But the SEC is still going to be pretty good at all. The SEC's got football right now. Yeah, baseball. And baseball. They were pretty good at basketball this last year. But But um, Big 12 is probably going to be the best at basketball, especially by picking up Arizona. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, like, Arizona, Kansas, Baylor. I heard there was a rumor they wanted Gonzaga just for basketball. I heard Gonzaga and UConn, so we'll see. If <laughs> they get that, like they're unstoppable I mean, in basketball. That, that's that's smart though, because then you just pick up that TV revenue for basketball. I mean, yeah, that'll be good. But yeah, they're, they, def- they're definitely top tier in basketball. Yeah, but you think about this year, right? If you go off, and I don't want to hint to my top five, top ten, right? My total top ten. There's like 
six Big Ten teams in my top ten. <laughs> yeah. So I try not to be a homer like Isaac. <laughs> Just embrace it, my guy. You were a Pac-12 homer two years ago. No, I wasn't. Three years ago. I was probably more of a Pac-12 homer this year with how I ranked my teams, to be honest with you. But, yeah, just get ready. Next year when we're doing our top 25, you're going to be like, boom. So also, if you're uh, if you're a betting person, 1-800-BETS-OFF. But if you're a betting person, I'd probably take the unders on the futures for Oregon and Washington now. Oh, yeah. And I'd probably take the overs on the Oregon State. The Pac-12 might take care of them. Just, just guessing. Unless they leave for the Big 12, too. Yeah, but they tried their best to stay. <laughs> Yeah, they were willing to give half of their revenue, like not revenue, but TV deal money. I, I don't know if that that that's a fact. That's just what uh, those were some of the some of the outlandish things that were thrown out there. You know, with yeah, to get organs today, but but uh, all right, we can go ahead and end this though. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in. We appreciate it. I know it was kind of random, um, and. Um, it was meant to be short. It ended up being over a half hour anyways. We'll have more to talk about on Monday, especially as more things come out. I'm sure by the time we do our podcast on Monday, we'll hear more about potential Big 12 realignment and stuff like that as well. Unfortunately, and I feel terrible um, for it, the Pac-12 is probably no longer going to be a conference in any structure whatsoever. Um, it may just be two teams left when the dust settles. So rest in peace, um, Pac-12. It was great. You had a good run. Big Ten's back, baby. Let's go. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. We're out of here. Peace.